guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios with Jeff Calkins on today's show, presented by Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas, online at redrivertoyota.com. We're back with the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. I needed someone to understand my ups and downs. There you Jeff Calkins is columnist of the Daily Memphian, and also hosts of the Jeff Calkins Show 9 to 11 right here, 92.9 FM ESPN. He's on X at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. You at an event? You're covering something right now? Uh, or getting yeah, prepped nothing. to? We'll, we'll, we'll see if anything comes of it. Uh, okay. But, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll, uh, people will see in the Daily Memphian if anything comes of it, but um, not certain yet. So, but okay. yeah. Understood. Understood. Top uh, secret. Oh, top. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just not sure that it's going to turn into a column. So I, I don't. Know. But God, we'll see. Well, the uh, the emails and texts from uh, University of Memphis President Bill Hardgrave were top secret until yesterday. But uh, he sent out some emails to Big Twelve Commissioner Brett Yormark and I believe the president of Baylor, uh, Linda Livingstone, um, that that you guys, the Daily Memphian, uncovered. And it was basically he was making his case after the Tigers upset number one Houston in the in the basketball tournament. Um, of why the University of Memphis would be a good pick for the Big 12. I, I sort of broke it down in the first segment. I think there's a uh-huh. couple of things you can be critical of. One, let the main thing be the main thing. Put your head down. Do everything you can in your power to, uh, to make the University of Memphis more, uh, more attractive to the power, power conferences, if you will. And then also I think the, uh, it's fair. I, th- I see a lot of Memphis fans in the Memphis orbit talking about continuing to push out basketball as the main attraction is probably a little bit, a little bit misguided. I mean, there's been th- going on, you know, 20 to 30 years where the resources, money have all been pumped into Memphis basketball, and that has not helped to this point get into a power conference. But I do think ultimately the one positive I'll take away via, via you know, the stadium renovations, what Laird Veach and Bill Hardgrave has said, um, the fact that he's reaching out. Uh, we know that he's been reaching out to Big 12 uh, officials. I do like there's clearly an aggression there. There's clearly an effort uh, that may not have been there in the past to make things right, to, to push the University of Memphis through and, and make their ventures work. So I, I do think that that's an overwhelming positive. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I've, I, I, it's funny, I was listening to Jason and John, and they were sort of making fun of of um, the effort, but that that was like, well, sending an email said that says we're ready. <laughs> it's hardly a persuasive case, but yeah. but but you know they, they were they were. I think John was saying what a Herculean effort that they made by sending three texts in an email. <laughs> but so they were sort of making fun of it, and and I get that, but I actually think. Well, a few things. First of all, it's been a while. I think you have to give – it's very clear that before this president, David Rudd and that group was incredibly engaged yes. in trying to get this done. And um, so I don't – I do think there was a time in university history when they were not doing everything they could do. But I think um, certainly since David Rudd arrived in the scene, honestly, I think David Rudd – and I'll let him speak for himself on this. I think, you know, his highest priority was probably to improve the academics to get Memphis to be a tier one institution, which is, yes. which is yes. he accomplished. But a very close second would have been to get Memphis into another conference, not because just it would have been better for sports, but because he really believed, because he'd been a faculty member at Utah 
uh, when they went into the Pac-12, he really believed that it helps the entire university, that it elevates the entire university, more grant money comes in, all of this. And so um, they've been working at it, you know, way back to the efforts when we heard that FedEx was going to sponsor, a, right. you know, would be willing to sponsor a championship games and stuff. They've been working at it for a long time. So I don't, um, you know, and I'm, I'm glad to see it continues. If this, what we revealed, uh, what the uh, Daily Memphian broke and then the Commercial Appeal later reported, was if this was the extent of what they were doing, well, that would be embarrassing because like two texts and an email or whatever it was, and it was, it's intriguing to read it, um, but that's not, that's not, that's not exactly knocking yourself out. I think it's just a flavor. I think what we saw in that story, and people can read it at the Daily Matthew, and that's was small. just a flavor of the kind of thing that they were doing. They did hint in there, or he did say in this communications with the, with Baylor, that um, they were willing to take less than the full share of TV money. So it would have been interesting to get the actual substance of those conversations. So who knows if there were emails and texts that were not released. There's all kinds of exclusions that universities can use to not release things, certainly when it's convenient for them. And um, and so that I'm going to hope that there were other correspondents more than this yes. in, the, in the grand effort to get them in. I, I don't have fault them at all for pointing out, hey, did you watch the, the Memphis basketball team win the conference championship? That doesn't mean to me that that they were basing their drive to get into the conference around base basketball. It just so happened the basketball program had a big win over the number one team in the country. And I think even if it's not the main thrust of it, even if football or whatever else is the main thrust of your effort to get admitted into the conference, I think it's perfectly acceptable and fine and good that, um, that president Hardgrave, um, would, 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 you know, nudge your mark and say, Hey, did you watch that spectacular effort by the tigers yesterday? And, and your mark said, yes, I did. And he like everybody else likes Kendra Davis and whatever. So to me, this was just a little glimpse at something, you know, in the end, Ross Dellinger did a piece about, everything SMU did to get in to the ACC. And like that showed me the real meaningful stuff, like the meetings of really rich, powerful people, levers behind the scenes. And so I'd be even more interested, of course, in what, in that kind of discussion about what Memphis was doing, who was meeting, who was involved, what at at the highest level, the richest people who was, that's really probably more important than a text here and there. But this was a glimpse, and I thought it was intriguing because it was a glimpse. And uh, But I don't put any great – certainly I don't consider it as the basis for any criticism. Um, to me, it was just an intriguing look at, you know, how you go about doing this. Yeah, and with SMU, I know we've talked about this in the past. Do you think they're sort of one and one, one of one when it comes to being able to pay themselves into a conference? Because now I, I saw this story the other day. They've already raised a hundred million dollars for their for their move into the ACC. I, I don't know if there's a lot of Group of Five schools. I know the University of Memphis say they you know take a docked payment or no payment at all to potentially get into a power conference, but I, I, I have a hard time believing the University of Memphis can really stand on that in the same way someone like SMU can. And I don't know if even in the group of five, USF, uh, Boise State, I don't know if any of these schools are really equipped to do what SMU just did. No, I mean, I think SMU is obviously a moneyed school from a moneyed state. And so, um, 
you, you, there are other schools. I mean, the, the interesting thing is, like, if Alabama had been, ever been left out, Alabama could have done it, yes. right? I mean, there are other schools who are already in the power conference who could have afforded to do this. If you're looking for a group of five schools that are currently on the outside looking in, that would no, I don't think, I think SMU is a, it's one of one. I agree with you here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and Memphis shouldn't be expected to do, you know, to keep up with that. That's silly. Now, University of Memphis football in, uh, in St. Louis this weekend, we did get the Brady Cook uh, questionable report. Um, it looks like he's got a, a hyperextended knee issue from the Kansas State game. He did play well in that game, but did, they, did this give you more hope? I think I saw the line come down about one and a half. It was at seven. It's at five and a half now, Mizzou favored. I'm, cer- I'm certain this gives you a little bit more hope, right? Yeah. Oh, no, it has to. Um, obviously, it was an incredibly gutty performance. Like, he was banged up, you could tell, against Kansas State and, and willed his way through. To me, it's, it's, it's all part and parcel. I think another thing to give you hope is, that, is the nature of their win that they just had. I, I mm-hmm. think it's a natural come-down situation for Missouri. And then you can totally imagine them saying – listen, he's questionable, let's not play him, it's only Memphis, you know, and then all of a sudden you look up, the game's getting away from him. That's a scenario that I think is totally plausible. Um, And so, but he he very clearly gutted his way through it, um, um, you know, this past weekend. He's an interesting case because he was booed, actually, in that game. The offense was booed in that game. And he is a guy who really want like he always he just wanted to be the Missouri quarterback. He grew up wanting to be the Missouri yep. quarterback. And um and I mean you probably know his school like what he's he's from St. Louis. He's yeah, he be is. playing in the, yeah. He is. He and actually so, trained at the same place I trained growing up. How about that? Really? Shout out Matt really? Bierman. Yeah, you're not probably familiar with Matt Bierman, but I no. am. Elite no, elite performance like a, academy. Like a good story. Seems like a good story and a guy that if you were a Mizzou fan would be easy to root for and then you see as gutty as he was Saturday. Um, there's no question that 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 you take away the starting quarterback and you got a better shot. Yeah, I can't, uh, and I'll, I'll leave you with this because I know you have to get off to other things. But I uh, I can't shake the thought of okay, yeah, we know that the Tigers struggled against Navy, but there's nothing overly scary outside of Luther Burden about that Mizzou team. I guess their defensive front, you know, going against the SEC front could scare you a little bit, but there's nothing overly scary player to player about that Mizzou team that that really gets me. I don't think their Luther coaching's Burton's unbelievable. Scary, he's scary I, as hell. I'll get, I, but, I, but, but yes, he's very scary. But outside of him, I just I don't know if there's anything that that frightening. Who scares you? Know, and the Bills' weapons outside of Stephon Diggs, you know. Josh no Allen can scare you. Come no, on, no, no, yes, yes, Josh <laughs> Allen. The, the weapons, yes. No, I I agree. It's it, well, and uh, yeah, but. Uh, Luther Burton, something else. Uh, that dude, something else. So, I mean, they got just count. When the last time they played him was, they just got absolutely pounded in a game when Memphis was, you know, the program was was rolling along pretty well. So, um, but yeah, this would not shock me at all. This would not shock me at all if Memphis could pull this off. And again, we saw that the defense was gashed against Navy. There's no question, but it was Navy, and they adjusted. I mean, you know, I, I think that was more a scheme issue and a short week than anything else. So. You, you know, you need uh, um, you need Seth to be better. I think yes. that's pretty clear. You need Seth to have his best game of the season, very clearly. Yeah, and you need the O line to hold up, and you need, and you need the to O-line feed. To I, I have already I have already called my shot on this, and I would hope that the staff's getting getting ready to do it. But Blake Watson and Sutton Smith need to be out front making plays for you. Those two guys are your explosive weapons. Go make it happen with them. 
Because even Rock I like Taylor, the, I like Rock Taylor, yeah. but I don't know if Rock Taylor's necessarily the 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 deep threat that he should be. He's more of a possession guy who, if you give him a one on one, you 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 could see him making contested catch, as we saw really with his one touchdown against Navy. Um, yeah, I like I, I like I like that you are uh, that you are all in on Blake at this point. I think that's you know as an old offensive lineman, I like the fact well, that you he got he, he got hyped up. He was a. Uh, he was named as sort of uh, best of the others when we talked about – I think Mel Kuyper and Matt Miller had a write-up for the NFL draft. He was named as a riser. I and, saw that, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's cool. That's cool in itself. But I do think it does sort of get in the way when you talk about him, how many carries he's taken in college, and he is a fifth-year guy. That may dock him by the end of this whole thing. So Yeah, it's interesting. It is an interesting question because when you – if running backs are disposable once they get to the league anyway, like if all you're going to use them for is their first contract, does the fact that they come in with a bunch of wear and tear, how much does that actually hurt you? Well, you're if, you, yeah, if you're taking them in the third day, anyway. I can't imagine it would bother you that much. Right? Or if he's yeah. an undrafted free agent. Or even the second day, yeah. But he's a third day guy probably. But yeah, yeah. maybe second day. They said third to fifth, which kind of shocked me. Yeah. If he was a late second day guy, that would be pretty damn impressive. Damn impressive. Yep. Back well, to where it should be. For sure. Well, Jeff, I'll let you roll. We'll have an Thanks, extended Dave. conversation Good. tomorrow. Yep. Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins on X. He's off covering something, so we had to be a little bit short with him today. But dailymemphian.com is where you can find all of his work. He's a columnist there, and you can find all of his radio work right here at 92.9 FM ESPN from 9 to 11 with the Jeff Calkins Show. Now, when you think of engagement rings, wedding bands, diamonds, think Robert Irwin Jewelers. Ring design is the number one thing women care about and why all of Robert Irwin Jewelers rings are fully customizable. And this is how customizable they are. If you have a thought in your head, an idea, if you have a picture, or if you're artistic and you have a drawing, you can bring it to Howie and everybody at Robert Irwin Jewelers. And guess what? They can make that thing come to life. Or if you're not as artistic or don't really know exactly what you want, you can just show up to one of their five locations, including the one on Perkins Extended and you can make that ring all by yourself. You choose the center sewn, cut, clarity, shape, size. You pick the setting. They'll help you if you need it. And Robert Irwin Jewelers will make that ring for your special someone that no one else has or has even ever tried on. It was designed totally by you for them. It always means more when you take the time to do something special. And with the RIJ, Robert Irwin Jewelers, meant to be guaranteed, there's no pressure. Buy your loose diamond and custom-made engagement ring at Robert Irwin Jewelers, and you have 365 days, a calendar year to return. If you guys break up, if she doesn't like the ring, guess what? You can go back, get a refund, and figure out what you want from there. But they make your uh, engagement ring, jewelry buying experience, with you know the less pressure, and they always have something for your budget. Robert Irwin Jewelers has been doing this in Memphis for going on 42 years. <laughs> Howie and his family have always provided different and more relaxed ways to buy fine jewelry with less pressure and more options at much better prices. They have something you'll be proud to give no matter what your budget is. They make you look good, and they help you show how much that you care. There's bigger, brighter diamonds with zero down and up to 60 months to pay. So whether it's I love you, I'm sorry, Merry Christmas, congratulations, anniversary, birthday, from $250 to $250,000, Robert Irwin Jewelers has something for you for every single Budget. There's five Memphis area locations, including the OG there on Perkins Extended, or you can go to rijewelers.com. Bigger, brighter diamonds, Robert Irwin Jewelers. Now it's time to take a trip around the NFL, and we have a lot of injury designations to get to. That's next, 92.9 FM ESPN.